Well, good morning. How's that for time? And so good to see you this morning. We're so glad that you decided to uh, come into God's house today to worship. And it's just wonderful to see families together and uh, for us just to have the opportunity to gather together. We are going to celebrate the ordinance of baptism this morning um, in just a few moments. And um, that's always a special time. Um, and so I know your heart will be blessed as we um share that with Justin this morning and Miss Tina. There are a couple announcements I want to make, though, before we get started. Vacation Bible School workers will meet today at 5 o'clock um, in the Hope Center. And to register for Vacation Bible School, you can go to the website or to the New Hope Baptist Church app, and you can register students for Bible School. That's pretty cool. Who would have thought from Bible School the way it was when I was little to now registering online for Bible school, things have really changed. Um, but God just takes care of all of us in the middle of all the changes. And um, we are going to sing some beautiful songs of our faith this morning, but we'll begin with one after I pray um, that comes from Psalm 42, verse 1, that says, As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. That's what God wants for us, not only as we have come to worship, but every day of our life, just to long for God um, like a deer is longing for a cool drink of water. Um, so allow that to just, I don't know, sit on your heart um, and draw close to God this morning as we sing. We're so glad you're here. Let's pray and we'll um, sing together. Father, you alone are our strength and our shield. You alone are um, our comfort, our peace. You are our heart's desire. And Father, my prayer this morning is that our hearts are yielded to you. Father, we are so blessed to be able to gather. We give you praise and thanks for the men and women who keep peace for our nation every day so that we can do that. And Father, help us to be reminded today as we worship that your desire is for us to long for you, to seek you with all of our heart, and to give you praise every day and glory. Father, your desire is for us to have a relationship with you where you are first, and we seek you to know what you want us to do in our life that will bring glory and honor to you. Father, you stand ready to give us wisdom and hope. And Father, help us to long for that, the way the deer pants for water. We'll give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord today. Amen. And indeed, it is a great day to be in the house of the Lord, a great day to come and and experience baptism with our brother Justin Davis and uh, the commitment that he made to the Lord Jesus Christ several weeks ago that he made profession of faith uh, to you all uh, last week. But remember that this is a, it was a sacred ordinance that was put into place by Jesus himself. Jesus himself was, was baptized. And he told us to go and, and baptize other people, to make the gospel known to everybody around the world baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, as we go, he will go with us through everything. But remember, the baptism itself doesn't save us. It's that 
inner working of the Holy Spirit. What we're doing today is just to profess to the world uh, that Justin comes today professing his love and faithfulness and uh, obedience to Christ today and, and forevermore. The Bible tells us that uh, we're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. And praise God that, that we don't have to live in our past life and our sinfulness, but we are renewed with Christ today. When we come and experience baptism, I want to encourage you to think about the day that you were baptized. Maybe it was in vacation Bible school like we've got coming up next week. Or maybe it was in a Sunday school class or maybe a revival. Maybe it was sitting on your grandpa's knee. I don't know. But whatever it was, think about that day when you accepted Christ and the day that you walked through these waters of baptism where you professed to the world that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus, uh, Justin has come to do today to profess his uh, following of Jesus Christ. Come on down, Justin. As we mentioned last week, Justin uh, will be going off into the army next week, next Sunday, next Sunday morning, about this time probably. And so we, we wanted to go ahead and get this done um, so he could start living out his faith and uh, so he can proclaim to the world that I am a saved believer of Jesus Christ. Justin, do you come today accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, sir. And do you... Do you Commit to following his teachings or the teachings of his word the rest of the days of your life? Yes, sir. And amen. Acknowledging that, I now baptize you, Justin, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You heard him say, yes, sir. He's getting used to that for next week, okay? <laughs> uh, just a great sign of a, of a good young man there, too. Have you decided to follow Jesus? Do you know for sure that, that when you pass from this life to the next that you will spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ? These are the baptism waters for you to walk through if you've never done that. So you, too, can profess the Lord as your Savior. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Almighty God, we do thank you for the day, for the blessings of the day, and God, just for your goodness, for your grace, and for your mercy. God, your word tells us that we are saved by your grace. Nothing that we do, no attempts to, at works or deeds or anything else will ever save us. God, it is the power of your grace, the power of your blood in Jesus Christ that washes away all of our sins that gives us the hope of eternal life. And Father, today I pray that if there's somebody here in this presence today or watching online or listening to the podcast, whatever it might be, that if they don't know you today, that the sun won't set before they acknowledge you as their Lord and Savior. And so Father, we're praying right now that you would open our hearts up. Lord, pour this Holy Spirit in and Lord, let our lives be changed today because we heard from you. Lord, we open our hearts up for our time of worship. God, may our worship be pleasing and a blessing back to you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
has indeed been a good day, hadn't it? Again, we're glad that you're here today, glad that you're ha- uh, chosen to be here in the house of the Lord, whether it's in person or online or on podcast, whatever it might be. We are indeed glad that you're here. We're continuing on in our series, the series 316, where we're looking at, at various uh, chapters, uh, ch- various books, uh, with chapter and verse 316. A number of those have uh, pretty interesting stories wrapped around that verse or that chapter. Chapter 3 is a pivotal uh, chapter in that book that we're studying. So today we're turning our, our attention to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 3. If you want to go ahead and be turning there, that'd be great. And as I was putting this together this week and, and, and looking at the story, I started thinking, when, when, whenever, if you ever come to our house and Claire happens to be there watching TV, there's a pretty good chance that she's going to be watching Law & Order Special Victims Unit, okay? Or Blue Bloods, or uh, Chicago PD, okay? That's three of her favorite. Uh, she watches them on demand or if they're whatever it might be. They're, they're usually on when, when she's home watching TV. And of course, all good cop shows, they have a good guy, a bad guy. They have a, a crime scene, of course, a, a crime. And, and ultimately, there's a, a solution. Well, our story today fits that mold. Our story today found in 1 Kings chapter 3 uh, would make for a good episode in any one of those cop shows uh, that, that are on TV today. There's uh, drama and suspense. There's an unexpected twist. Um, the plot is, is centered around the gruesome possibility of cutting a baby in half. There's death and kidnapping and lying and deceitfulness and a dispute between two prostitutes. I mean, there's no witnesses to any of it, but then there's a judge that has to make the final ruling and brings the solution to the, to the crime and to the scene. The story focuses on uh, the dispute between the two women and, and King Solomon and his wisdom ultimately brings judgment on what the decision should be. But before we get into that, let's, let's look at the beginning of, of 1 Kings chapter 3 and see what happens leading up to that. We see in uh, leading up to that that Solomon, it says, loved the Lord. Solomon loved the Lord and and walked in his ways. He was obedient to the Lord. And it says that he went to Gibeon, and there he offered sacrifices to God. But it was there, while he was there, that, that God spoke to him in a dream. And, and it says in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 and verse 9, in verse 5 it says, At Gibeon the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And in verse 9 it says, Give your servant, Solomon answers, Give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? If you could ask for anything in the world, what would it be? If you could ask for anything, would it be money? Would it be a new home? A a new car? 
an extravagant vacation somewhere, a house at the beach, a house in the mountains, maybe a better health. Maybe it's a healed relationship. Maybe it's fame and fortune. What, what would it be? And so when, when I pose that question, did, did wisdom come to your mind at all? Probably not. It's not the first thing on people's mind when you say, what do you want? What can I give you? Do you have anything in the world? What, what do you want? You know, when, when you were little, people used to say, you know, you rubbed the, the genie bottle. What would, you had three wishes. What would it be? I would always ask, I want three more wishes. And I could keep it going, you know. Three more wishes and three more wishes. But think about Solomon. He doesn't ask for, for any of that. And God blessed him because he, he asked unselfishly for wisdom. For wisdom. And he gives, God, God gives five reasons why he blesses Solomon with wisdom, with, with what he asked for. The first, um, the first and the last are positive. It says, because you ask for this. And then the, the, the three in the middle are totally opposite. God says, because you didn't ask for this, this, and this, I'm going to bless you. And so he says, number one, he says, because you have asked for an understanding mind, I'm going to bless you. And then number two, he says, because you have not asked for a long life, I'm going to bless you. And number three, he says, because you've not asked for great riches, I'm going to bless you. Number four, he says, and if you've not asked for the life of your enemies, I'm going to bless you. And then finally, number five, he says, because you have asked to discern right from wrong, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. You see, this is exactly opposite what any king of the day and probably any of us would ask. I mean, think about it. all the other kings. They, they wanted long life. They wanted riches that, because it meant power. They wanted the life of their enemies. They wanted to be able to, to conquer those who came against them because it meant security to them. It meant a long reign in their, in their kingdom. But that wasn't Solomon at all. In 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, after Solomon asked for that, God said to him in verse 12, I will do what you've asked. I will give you a wise, discerning heart, so that there will never, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor. So that in your lifetime, you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in my ways and obey my statutes and commands, as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and realized that it was a dream. Solomon had it all. He had everything you could ask for. But it wasn't enough. What could ever go wrong? Think, think about it. I mean, God had answered. God had blessed him with, with what he wanted. So, so what, could go, what could go wrong? There's always an if, isn't there? There's always but. 
Well, you look at verse 14, and he says, And if, and if, if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands, I will give you a long life. Well, if you read, as Paul Harvey would say, the, the rest of the story, you would see that, that, that even though Solomon had it all, it wasn't enough. And, and he wound up being not faithful to God. And we see that he was both a saint and a sinner. But for now, in the story today, we see that, that his wisdom is on full display for all of Israel to, to see, and they are in awe of his wisdom, in awe of how he discerns right from wrong and, and good and bad. And James tells us, in the New Testament, and James tells us that we too can have wisdom if we ask for it. If we have, that's something God wants us all to have. Will we earnestly seek wisdom for our lives? In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. Ask for it. And it'll be given to you. And, and so that's what King Solomon did. So let's see how he uses his wisdom in, in this passage in verses uh, uh, 16 through 28. And see how that gives us hope. Well, number one, he shows us that there's hope found in an unbiased judge. How would it feel if, if we went up, if we had a court date and and we, were, we knew we were going on trial and we were going to face a biased judge. One that was for this and, 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 and totally against whatever it was you were accused of. Maybe he had a, a personal agenda. Unfortunately, in today's world, there, there are more and more cases where, where judges do just that. They rule according to their own beliefs and preferences and ideologies as opposed to a ruling according to the law or the intent of the law. Some lawyers will even, even judge shop where they go and wait for a specific judge to come up because they know that he might rule in favor or against whatever their case is needing, but not Solomon. That's not true for Solomon. Solomon wanted wisdom because he knew as a judge and as a king there were going to be different cases come before him that had all kind of different scenarios. And he wanted to have the wisdom to be able to appropriately rule rightly and justly for the people. And he puts into practice in this story the wisdom God gives him as he rules unbiasedly uh, in his ruling. And in verses 16 through 22, crazy story. Uh, again, one that, that, that fits a good, a good Thursday evening, late night movie uh, cop show. In verse 16 it says, Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, My Lord, this woman and I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. And the third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one else in the house but the two of us. And during the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. 
And so she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while I am your servant was asleep. And she put him by her breast and, and put her dead son by my breast. And the next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son that I had born. And the other woman said, No, the living one is my son. The dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, No, the dead one is yours. The living one is mine. And so they argued their case before the king. Now it's interesting on the surface that, that King Solomon would even hear this case because it was two women, let alone two, two prostitutes. But again, he had asked for wisdom, and so he had the wisdom to know that, that God loved even the prostitutes. God loves everybody. No matter what you've done, no matter how bad you, you think you might have been, there's no one beyond the reach of the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? And praise God for that. Nothing. I've heard people say, oh, I've been too bad. I've lived too rough a lifestyle. I've gone down the wrong road. I'm still down on the wrong road. And Jesus says, I don't care. If you'll come to me, I'll come to you. And I'll take you and I'll put you on the right road. And so Solomon knew that, that these two women, even though they had a, a sketchy past, that God still loved them. And God still loves you and me regardless of of what we've done. And so he realized that, that God loves these women. Solomon said, hey, I need to as well. And he tells us, if we follow that same train of thought, we do too. We love everyone in Christ. He makes that possible. And so these two prostitutes, you had one that, that, that had a newborn baby that was, that was alive and you had another one that was dead and they swapped them out and, and one was claiming it, it was just a crazy mess, wasn't it? And so they bring this before the judge and, and, and they begin arguing their case and Solomon just takes it in. He listens there as each one pleads their case. Have you ever thought about have you ever been in a, in a disagreement with another believer? A different opinion of... You ever thought that maybe y'all were both praying to God about different things? <laughs> Who's he going to hear? Who's he going to answer? But God looks at our heart. God looks at our heart. He, he looks at, at, at our motivation, our attitude. And then He looks at His overall plan. What's going to work out in His plan? And praise God, He doesn't look at our, at our checkbook or the color of our skin or our social status or our influence in the world or anything like that. He looks at our heart. He looks at our motivation. And He looks at His plan. Is He going to answer our prayers the way we always want Him to? Absolutely not. But God has called us to, to, to seek wisdom in everything that we do so that we will be in alignment with Him, with His thoughts, with His Word, 
and with His will in life. Praise God that He is an unbiased judge. And because of that, we can have hope that we will be judged fairly in the end. And number two, He shows us that there's hope in a wise and a righteous judge. In verses 23 through 25, the king said, this one says, my son is alive and your son is dead, while that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is alive. Then the king said, bring me a sword. And so they brought a sword to the king and he gave the order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and the other half to the other. Can you imagine the fear that went through that parent's heart and mind? Remember Solomon had asked for wisdom because he knew crazy cases were going to come before him and this was an example of of how he immediately put into practice, in this case, his wisdom to draw out the fraud among the woman. You know, sometimes God uses circumstances and scenarios in our life to bring about truth. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it does bring about fear in our hearts. Sometimes it is unpleasant, but ultimately God's plan and God's truth will be played out. And in verse 26 through 28, he says, "The, The woman whose son is alive was filled with compassion for her son and said to the king, Please, please, my Lord, give her the living baby. Don't kill him. But the other said, Neither I nor you shall have him. Cut him in two. And the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is the mother. When all of Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. God not only loves the prostitutes, he loved King Solomon, but he loved that baby too. And Solomon didn't just make a ruling and, and move on. He wanted to make sure the ruling was correct. That it was pleasing to God. That he utilized the wisdom that God gave him. And notice if you will that that the mother of the living child. She chose the child's life over her own desires. You see she could have pledged. She could have said. But she knew that that child was hers. And she was willing to. To, to, to do whatever she had to do to make sure that child, her child, was okay, that he would live. Think of how hard that would have been to, as a mother to say, no, let this murderer keep my child. But she wanted her child to live. You know, sometimes we have to make those, those difficult choices. To do the right thing. Sometimes doing the right thing is indeed hard, isn't it? Sometimes it means personal sacrifice. When we follow God, it means personal sacrifice. 
Sometimes we do things for others, even if it's going to cost us in our time or, or resources or emotions or, or our finances. And so this woman was putting all of that on the line for her child because she knew that was what was best for her child. You see, God is a righteous and a just judge. And as a believer, we're called to do the right thing all the time. And as I said, we can pray for wisdom to do the right thing at the right time. Is it always easy? Absolutely not. Is it difficult? Yes, it is most of the time. Even in doing the right thing, it may go against our culture or, or the desires of our society. And it may bring hardship to us. And there may be times where we go up against that rogue judge, the one who's, who's playing out his own agenda. And as the day of the Lord draws near, Christians will appear more and more before those unjust and biased judges. God's Word tells us that. But the day will come, my friend, when, when it will all be made right, when everyone will stand before the righteous and the just and the unbiased judge. Amen. King Jesus. Amen. And praise God for that. But for now, we can't seek revenge on our own. Vengeance is of the Lord. Amen. And God will take care of the judging. God will take care of the punishing. It will be everlasting punishment. Our punishment here on this earth may be short-lived. God's punishment, God's judgment is eternal forever and ever because He is the ultimate, unbiased, wise, righteous judge who will deal with all humanity in His perfect timing. Amen. Therefore, we got to put our hope in the Lord. we got to put our hope in Him and in His perfect wisdom because His wisdom is perfect. We can find hope in the wisdom of God. We can find hope in the unbiased judge. We can find hope in the righteous judge. We can find hope in the wise and the just judge. There will be a day when judgment comes. Are you ready? Are you ready for that day in your life? We said earlier, We've got to pray for wisdom. We've got to ask for wisdom. And, then, and on, on into James chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Wisdom from above. Wisdom from above is pure, then peaceable, it's gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Folks, we've got to seek the wisdom of God in all of our decisions, in everything that we do. We have to wait on God, on, on His wisdom, and on His judgment. One day, all things are going to be made clear. One day, everyone will stand before Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ in judgment for everything we've done. Are you ready for that day? The day when He says, Welcome home, thy, thy good and faithful servant, or away from me, for I never knew you. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10, <clears throat> it says, With all wisdom and understanding, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, 
which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached, reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may, have received, may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're going to be judged. If you're a believer in Christ, it will determine the rewards that you receive. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll be cast into eternal fire, eternal damnation, separated from God forever and ever. Are you ready to stand before the wise and righteous an unbiased judge. Let me ask you this. Who's going to represent you before the judge? Are you going to go on your own behalf saying, Oh Lord, I, I did good. I did this. I did that. Or is the Lord Jesus Christ going to go before you? To say because of the blood of Jesus, all the sins are washed away. You see, it's only the blood of Jesus that can wipe away, that can wash away all of our unrighteousness and all of our sinfulness, all of our wickedness that's in the depth of our heart. And the question is, do you know Jesus as your Savior? When you stand before the judgment seat of God, will you have Jesus by your side? Are you going to claim the blood of Jesus or are you going to try to go it on your own? God's Word already tells us without the blood of Jesus, you're doomed to damnation. With the blood of Jesus, God says, Welcome home, thy good and faithful servant, where you will spend all of eternity with Him. You see, and that decision is yours today. Once we are found laying in the casket at our funeral, the day is too late. That decision has to be made on this earth, in this time, or it will be too late. Let me ask you today again, do you know Jesus? Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior, the one who, who died on the cross, who, whose blood was shed to wash away our sins? The Son of God, the only perfect and sinless Son of God that died that they put in the tomb that God raised from the dead on the third day. Is that your Lord? Is that your Savior? Do you proclaim Him today as we saw Justin as he walked through the waters of baptism to say today that the Lord Jesus Christ is my Savior, my Redeemer? Can you say that today? If you can, praise God because one day, praise God, He's going to say, welcome home. But we have to make that decision today. Maybe you're not following Christ the way you need to. Maybe you know in your heart you're, you're slipping down the wrong path. Maybe you've gotten out of sync with God and you're not feeling connected. God says, ask Him. Ask Him to come back. Ask Him for that wisdom. Ask Him for that relationship and He will make it whole again. Draw close to God and He'll draw close to you. 
Oh, He wants to know you intimately. He wants a, a great and a close fellowship with you. But we have to die, decide if we're going to allow that or not. Whatever God has spoken to you this morning, if it is a decision of following Christ in, in first time believing, or it's just to come and, and pray to the Lord and say, God, I need your help. God, I need back on the right path. God, I'm beginning to waver a little bit. Place me on the path and show me the way. Almighty God, we indeed come to you this morning for wisdom. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy. God, maybe we are struggling with our relationship with you. We ask God that you would come back rather that you would pull us back. For you are standing there with open arms ready to welcome us. But we have to move to you. We have to come to you. That decision has to be ours. Father, whatever it is in life we're dealing with, whatever struggles we're facing, God, we want to bring it to the altar this morning and ask, Lord, for you to have your way in our life. And draw us close to you, God, that we might draw close to you. Hear our prayers, Lord. Burden our hearts. Convict our hearts, Lord. Draw us to repentance, to confession, and to a new life in Christ. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.